All right, Colossians chapter 1. Y'all turn with me in your Bibles. I know I've been here for a while, and I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm going to let the Lord leave me here until he leads me away from it. We're going to continue a little bit further today in Colossians chapter 1. Everybody doing okay? Your week going okay? I want to encourage you when things start to get tense, when things start to get stressful, when things, pressure starts to build on you to stop and to seek God. Take five minutes and stop what you're doing and seek after the Lord. Slow things down for, the, for a moment. Don't leave the Lord out of your stressful situations. In fact, I would encourage you to demand that he be there. Command it. The Lord has given us authority here on earth to bind things and to loose things, but we have to do that binding and loosing. He gives us the power. We do it through his word, but we have to do it. We have to stand up. We have to speak. We have to slow down. We have to seek. Because let me tell you, everybody's week gets more hectic and more hectic and more hectic and more stressful and more stressful and more pressure. And you just can't, you just can't take it. Slow down. I, I would hope that when you come in here to worship, before you take all that stress and all that pressure and then try to worship, man, you need to simmer. Somebody needs to pop the top. You know, like a, you're like a Coke that's been shaken up and the pressure hasn't been relieved. Well, eventually that pressure, you're going to pop. So why not loosen it up when you come into the presence of the Lord? Let him have those burdens. Take your, take your problems, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Y'all know that old school song? It is just not there to sound good. It is there to provide you with relief. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Now, you're going to get home and those, those burdens, those things are going to still be there. But hopefully you're going to be yoked with the Lord. And they are not going to be as overpowering as they were when you left the house. Are y'all out there? Are y'all asleep? Is it Wednesday night? Do y'all need some coffee? Let's go. Are we wore out? I want you to know that when we worship the Lord together, when two of you show up, the Lord is here. This is not some just little thing to come sit in and be a part of. We have come into the presence of the Lord. So why go home the same? There's no reason for you to go home the same. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason, since this day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We have continually asked God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that, gives, that the Spirit gives. Verse 10. So that you may, may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might, may have great endurance and patience." telling you, that is a prayer I want prayed over me. How many of you are enduring and, 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 and doing it in a way that you know the Lord's with you and you're doing it with patience and you've got God with you and you're just bearing good fruit and your faith is growing and you're walking worthy and man, everything's good. We still got problems. It says you're still enduring. It says you're still enduring, but you're enduring with patience and you're doing it with power from on high. Is that the kind of week you're having? Amen. Most of us are like, no, that's not the week I'm having. Well, why not? 
That's the week to have. That's the kind of week to have. You're going to have challenges. But why not have them with power and with strength and with endurance and with patience? Why don't we try to walk a life worthy? Verse 12, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Hallelujah! Go back. Oh yeah, you're there. Don't let it fly over your head. Giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Without his qualification, we don't make it. I don't care how good you do. I don't care how good you are. Without him qualifying you, you fall up, you fall short. You ever gotten to the finish line and not make it across? Pete's going to kill me. He hates it when I tell this story, but he's not in here, so don't tell him. He ran track last year for the first time. And he ran, uh, I think it was the two mile. It was like the 1500 meter. I don't remember. I'm probably getting the meters and the miles wrong. But it was about two miles. And I'm up in the stands and it is so laid back. You know, it it is so laid back. He had been a part of a play and hadn't been there to practice. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to run. But they let him run. And he starts on the first lap. And I stand up. I'm all by myself in the stands. Just yell, go Pete. And he just looks at me and just, I'm like, no, focus on what you're doing. Hey, Dad. You know, and he's running at a good pace. Second lap, he's still smiling. If you know Pete, he smiles. Third lap, he's starting to feel it a little bit. By the fourth lap, he tries to, in track, you start your kick. But I'm on the other side of the football field, and he's on the opposite side at about the 50-yard line, and he starts his kick there, and I'm like, oh, no. This is not going to be good. And he starts running past. He, he was probably in 10th or 12th out of 25, and he started running past 11, 10, 9, 8, 7. I mean, he's flying. But come around the back stretch, he starts slowing down. And he can't get to the end. Here comes those guys he just passed, and they passed him. And Pete got to the finish line and just fell over in the grass and just flopped. He thought he was done but he hadn't crossed the finish line. And if y'all could know me, I am the most intense sports guy, man. I mean, I just get with it. I've had to repent so many times over how I've yelled at Pete for his basketball and baseball. And he's a great player, but as a dad, I just chew him out. And uh, I I was laughing so hard I couldn't hardly contain myself. Because I knew how laid back it was. And I wasn't expecting him to do great. I thought he would do good. But, you know, I just, I just loved being out there. And his friends all ran up to him screaming, get up, get up, get up. And he's like, what? A, just let me pass out. I just want to die right here. And he got up, walked two feet, and then fell back down. It was the funniest thing. But don't get to the finish line and not cross. Don't endure and endure and endure and then give up right at the end. Hang in there. 
Walk worthy. And when you start to get down, that's the time to go after the Lord. In your weakness are you made strong. We think we can pass everybody up in our own strength and then come the finish line, we've got no gas left. Seek after God, for he give thanks to the Father. He has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. He has qualified you. He has raised you to a standard that you cannot raise yourself to no matter what you do. To the standard of Jesus. He raised us to his standard. That's the only way we would be accepted. We were raised up to the righteousness of Christ. An achievement we could never reach. It's impossible. It's impossible for us to reach that. But God qualified us. He is so awesome. Thank you. What Christ deserved so that you can share in Christ's inheritance. What he deserved, to, what he deserved we got. And he took on us what we deserved. That's what this is saying. Somebody give thanks to God. So when we sing, I exalt thee, you have a reason to exalt the Lord. It's not just a song to sing. It's a way to engage, to encounter the kingdom of heaven here on earth just as it is going on in heaven. You have a reason to give thanks. I want you to know that if you would just break down and worship and really worship him, you're going to get a breakthrough. You're going to get release. I'm going to show you right here in this scripture. I believe you will get release if you will give thanks. Verse 13. Look what else he's done. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Go back to verse 13. What has he done for us? He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. You know what a dominion, dominion is? It's a kingdom. It's a place. It's a place to be locked into. A dominion. It has dominion over you. Have you ever heard that expression? That means it's got control of you. It's got you. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son. He's taken us out of what we deserve and brought us into the, pres the literal presence of the Lord. In whom we have redemption. Look what we get when we get there. We have redemption. Red Everybody say redemption. We're going to get into that just for a minute. And the forgiveness of sins. He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. A dominion, a kingdom, a nation, a sphere of influence. Let me ask you a question. Are you living in the dominion of darkness? Don't think for a second that Christians don't live in the dominion of darkness. They do. I have. Pretty recently. Have you ever gone into a dark place in your life? Let me tell you, it's hard to get out of it. I couldn't get out of it. I tried. I tried every natural, every worldly way to do it. Besides using drugs, I didn't use drugs. But I couldn't get out. 
It's like I was, it's like I was sinking in a pool and I couldn't pull myself up. The only way was the Lord. And I was believing a lie that God wasn't with me. And he was the whole time. Are you living in the kingdom of darkness, in the dominion of darkness? If you are, I've got a word for you. It's not God's fault. Go back, Blake, if you don't mind, to verse 13. It's not God's fault. God has given us specific instructions through his word, through Jesus, through the beaten, bloody body of Jesus to deliver you from the dominion of darkness. Would you please press the apply button? Would you please apply what the Lord has provided? Be doers of the word. Apply. You know, the, if you can just get an imagery, the table has been set. The work of the cross is done. Jesus doesn't have to go back to the cross every single time we have a problem. It took one time. Now, the covenant before that, we had to go to that altar. Bulls had to die. Goats had to die. Sheeps had to die. There had to be bloodshed regularly. But when Jesus went, the perfect Lamb of God, sinless, perfect, when that blood was shed, once and for all, it was done. So, that whole situation, the cross doesn't have to be done again to get you out of where you are. It's been done. The table is set. The difference is you've got to come to the table. The prodigal, when he left home, he blew everything. He did everything wrong, and he found himself in the pig pen. Now, God did not send his angels and go grab him out of the pig pen and lift him back to the Father and restore him. We see, we see movies where that happens. Wouldn't that be nice? Lord, just come rescue me out of my pit. Just lift me up out of it and take me out of it. The Lord says, no, I want you to walk out of it. Because through you walking, you're going to start having victory. When you just start to walk, you're going to have victory. But you've got to walk out of that pig pen. You know, the prodigal says, I will get up. And he doesn't stop there. He says, and I will return to the Father. But now the angels still didn't come and pick him up. At least we don't see it. Now I'd say that there were angels there helping him. But then he had to walk. He had to go and face his dad. Say, Dad, I've blown it. Dad, the dad wouldn't even let him get all the words out. He had, he had even practiced his words. I'm going to say this to Dad. I, I would rather just be an, an employee with your, with your workers than to be doing what I've been doing. Dad wouldn't even let him finish what he's saying. Be quiet. Somebody go kill the cow. Go get his robe. Put a ring on his finger. My son's home. Redemption. Restoration. But he had to walk out of that. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. The table has been set. But we have to go to the table. And do you know that the Lord prepares the table in the presence of our enemies? Even though all hell is trying to break in, God has set the table right there in front of us for, to feast right in front of the enemy. What does that mean? That means he can reach you with what you need wherever you are. 
regardless of how you feel, regardless of how bad it looks, the Lord has prepared the table for you to be able to access it right where you are. Are you living in the kingdom of darkness? The table has said, but we have to go to that table, to the kingdom. We have to walk worthy. What does that mean to walk worthy? I think it means we need to start trying to be obedient to the word of God. You know what that means? That means to follow Christ. That's how we access the kingdom, by the word. There's no other, the scripture tells us there is no other way to the Father but by Jesus. Right? Now, you may say, okay, well, how do you apply that? If you're saying for us to enter into the kingdom, we need to start following the word. Well, John chapter 1 says that Jesus is the word. That the word became flesh, that Jesus is the word. So when we follow the word, when we are obedient to the word, what are we following? We're following Jesus. What does that make us? A Christ follower. That then means we are beginning to walk worthy, walk a worthy walk according to God, which now means first in Colossians chapter 1 that we are going to start seeing that in our life. Why? Because our faith is going to grow. We're going to start doing, saying, bearing, bearing good fruit with all our good works. We got to do works. When we do works, when we're following Jesus, they're not just going to be works. They're going to be good works. Fully pleasing God. But we've got to walk. You say, Pastor, how do I get out of my realm of darkness? Start walking. Walk out of it. Get up and walk. What do you mean walk? Start being obedient to the word. Well, I don't know the word. Well, good. Get to know the word. And start walking. Can you hear me? I kind of do this. Since I've been a pastor for eight years, I kind of get on a kick and I can't hardly get off of it sometimes. And that's really where I am. Will, will, will this church start taking the word of God and start walking it? I can't hardly break free of that. I feel like the Lord has really put a, put a burden in my heart. And it started with the Sermon on the Mount. There's no other way to the Father but by Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Bless you. And I believe that is the key. Listen to me. That is the key to the access of the table. You're, bless you. You've moved seats on me. I thought for a minute that sounded like Siobhan, but now she always sits over there. <laughs> Oh. The table's been set, but we've got to access it. Does anybody want to feast at the table of the Lord? Okay, that got you going. How, how much do you want to? Because it's, it's, it's set. Now, God says... God says, you want to please me? Do my will. What's my will? What's God's will? Jesus. His word. His direction. And Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. Can you see how we can walk in the perfect will of God? 
follow Jesus. Church, you can be a Christian for 50 years and not be following Jesus. Well, you, you, can, you can put the term Christian on you. Y'all are going to see Sunday morning that uh, we, may, we, we, need, we need a wake-up call. I'm not, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. You need to come and hear it. But it's for his church, a wake-up call for the church. All right, let me try to keep going. All right, so through this rescuing, through the blood of Jesus, through the power of the cross, through the price paid for our sin that we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Without Christ, no redemption. You've got to have Christ to have redemption. Our walk starts with salvation. Our redemption continues as we walk. He is the high priest of our confession. Y'all know that scripture? But if you don't have a confession, you have no high priest. You've got to have a confession to have a high priest. You need to be confessing the word of God over your children, over your family, over your job, over your life. And not just confess it. Remember, the prodigal said, I will get up and I will return to my father. Then he followed that. We confess it, then we walk it. I believe we have a part in receiving, not a part in providing. God does the providing. But we receive by living a life worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Our life should be made up of good works because of our faith. I want to ask you again, this goes back to Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. Is our faith growing? Are we beginning to love, love, love the people around us more? That's a sign that you are growing in Christ. Or are you fussing all the time about you struggling? Why? I believe it's because we're not doing. We're not walking with Christ. Walking out his word. Not qualify. We can't qualify ourselves. God qualified us. Not earning our forgiveness. Christ paid that price. The price of your sin. But we are still required to walk. To walk according to the word of God. We still need the washing of the water of the word because we get dirty. We get dirty. How has, how has he, God, rescued us from the dominion of darkness? By his word, by his instruction, by his leading, by Jesus. Jesus is our salvation. But we have to follow. We have to follow his teaching as he leads us out of darkness into his glorious light. If we are not following, what are we doing? We're wandering. The children of Israel wandered 40 years in the desert on a trip that should have taken less than two weeks. Do you realize that? They weren't on a 40-year trip. Well, they were. God put them on a 40-year trip. But it was, I think, an 11-day walk. Should have been about an 11-day walk. And it became a 40-year one. Jesus will guide you. He is the spirit of truth. But do you know, if you go, if you go to uh, Yellowstone or, or whatever the big, um, uh, the place where the fires were getting so close to, 
out in Montana. Say it louder. Somebody said it. Yosemite? Yeah, somewhere. And you get a guide to go take you to see the animals. You don't have to follow that guide. You could go on your own. I don't know if they'd let you or not. But you could just go on your own path and never be found again, ate by a bear or whatever. Or you could follow the guide. You don't have to follow. But it's not the guide's fault that you got lost and killed. Jesus said, come follow me. But they didn't have to follow. You don't have to follow. Hey, the pressure's off. Those of you that feel pressured to have to follow, you don't. We, we build up this rebellion and this stuff in our minds thinking people are trying to make us do stuff and it's just Satan trying to keep you from doing it. And we buy into something that somebody's out to get us and they're just trying to make us weird and they're just trying to get our money. They're just trying to do this and do that. And there's no freedom in that. Look, pressure's off. You don't have to. It's your choice. Don't play a game. Don't walk an aisle and pray a prayer because somebody says to. Walk an, walk an aisle and pray a prayer. Lord, did I say something wrong right there? Walk an aisle and pray a prayer because the, the Holy Spirit is leading you to and because your heart, your spirit is saying yes, then do it. Not because somebody has kind of manipulated you into it. No, you make that choice. The problem is a lot of people have made the choice not based on their heart, just based on a feeling. And you don't need to move on feeling. You need to move on your heart, move on your spirit, move by the Holy Spirit. That's when real transformation will take. But when the guide is saying, I will guide you and I will lead you out of the darkness, I will lead you into prosperity, I will lead you into health, and I will take care of you, the, the, the key is you got to follow you can't say, okay, I'll take all the benefits, but I'm not going to follow you. We have to follow. Jesus will guide you. God has given us a free will. We can choose where to go. Scripture tells us that there is a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to death. That's your path without God. Scripture says, today choose blessings or curses. You choose. You get to choose. God is so good that he does not force us to do anything. He wants us to choose him. That's why marriage is such a powerful union, because we choose each other. Matthew 4.19 says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. Do what I do. Do what I teach you. Go where I lead you. Where has he led us so far? From the dominion of darkness. Darkness no longer has enough power to overtake us if we don't leave God's leading. He has brought us into Jesus' kingdom. We didn't do that. He did that. God qualified us. Our part is receiving and believing and living and walking according to what he has done. He has redeemed us from Satan, from the dominion of darkness. Have you ever redeemed a gift card? And I'm going to close with this. Have you ever gotten a gift card like an iTunes gift card? Have you ever gotten a gift card and you forgot you had it? Or you had it in your wallet and you went and paid for something and you forgot you had it? Isn't that dumb? That drives me nuts, especially at a place that I normally wouldn't go anyway, and then I forgot to use my gift card. 
But then you find it one day, you scratch off the back and you enter it in and sure enough, there's your money in your iTunes account. Yippee. God's redeemed you, but you're not claiming it. You're not walking in it. The table's been set. There's no reason to go hungry. There's no reason to go wanting. He's ready to to provide your every need. The only requirement is following Jesus. That's it. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sin, that's part of us walking with Christ. You know, one of Christ's main messages was, along with John, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. If you'll confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. What happens when we confess our sin? We then get, uh, what was that word I used? Qualified. We've disqualified ourselves in our sin. God said, that's okay. I knew you would. It's not okay, but okay. I've, I've made a way for you. Confess your sin. And I'll qualify you. Back to where you should have been. Back to where you need to be. And I'll walk with you. I will be your light. I will lead you out of darkness. And I will protect you. And I will provide for you. The only qualification, the only thing that we do is we're to follow Jesus. Amen? All right, stand up. Let me pray for you. Father, I so desire for the light to go on. Lord, for it to go on in my heart, for it to go on in our congregation, for it to go on in our youth, in our college, in our children's ministry, Lord, in our women's and men's ministries, in our life groups. Lord, everything else is just a, if we're not following you, we're wasting our time. We've missed it completely. Just ask you, Lord, that you would just reveal truth into our heart tonight, Lord. Just remove the lie and let us be willing to see truth. Open up our ears that we would hear. Open up our eyes that we would see according to your word, not according to what we've been believing. I just pray over this congregation right now, Lord, that you would continue to grow us in the knowledge of your will, the knowledge of your word, and that we would walk worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing you, bearing fruit in every good work, fully pleasing you. Just thank you, Lord. Those that have come in here with great needs, Lord, I just ask you to meet those needs according to your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for our church. We just ask you just to bless church on the hill. Bless this hill right here, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday. Uh, Judah and the Lion will be playing um, after the TTU game at, uh, at Tennessee Tech this uh, Saturday. Now, you've got to get a ticket, but we're, if we can get enough people to buy tickets from the church, we can get... Uh, tickets for $3 a piece. They're normally $10. So if you'll just call the church, 
Uh, I think we've got to get 25, and it wouldn't be hard for us to get 25 people. If we get 50, I think we can get it for $2. It's ridiculous cheap, and it's good, fun, entertainment, and then there'll be a concert after with Judah and the Lion for free. So y'all come out Saturday. What time's the game? Seven? I think it's at seven. Yeah. Indiana State, I think they're playing. 